we are continuing our First Things First series, where we're talking about basics in, um, in following Jesus, and more specifically, uh, as a church, we really, really want to get good at helping people uh, connect with Jesus and, and grow their friendship with Jesus. That's what we're all about. And uh, specifically, there are three expressions that we're going to center in on and want you to center in on, want to help you with these three expressions. And so we're kind of talking through those three expressions, given a kind of language for moving forward. And so there's these icons that we've been working with. The first has to do with treasure. And so when you think about friendship with Jesus, the, the actual connection with Jesus, that's, that's a treasure. And, you know, first, if you want that, you have to invite Jesus uh, in toward that kind of friendship. So there's crossing the line of faith. It's a part of the treasure. There's also these habits uh, called spiritual disciplines that you want to get good at so you can grow your friendship with Jesus throughout the day. We talked about that last week. And any of these um, topics, you can always go to the app under resources and listen to past sermons if you want to get caught up. And then uh, today we're going to talk about the treasure of the Jesus lifestyle or the treasure mindset, learning to think and act like Jesus. The second icon that we'll talk about next week and the week after is uh, the table. Um, table, uh, fellowship is the churchy word. Uh, connecting with other followers of Jesus was a huge part of the Jesus community in the first century and beyond. And so we got to get good at developing friendships with other followers of Jesus. And that's an important part of who we are and what we do as a church. And then the last icon is Tao, and, and there you know, Jesus gave us the perfect example uh, by uh, washing and drying his disciples' feet, an incredible act of humble servanthood. And he said, go and do similar things to people, so, so, and for people. So, so essentially, servanthood is that third expression of friendship with Jesus. Now, today specifically, you know, you can get, you can... When it comes to the treasure of friendship with Jesus, you can shortchange yourself and the world around you. Uh, we can cross the line of faith and believe the right things about Jesus and pray a prayer to connect with Jesus and for forgiveness. And we can get good at daily habits and learn more about the Bible and worship Jesus. But we can do those two things without the third thing. And the third thing is really where it's at, and that is um, incorporating the lifestyle of Jesus that is actually living like Jesus. That's crazy to think that a lot of people believe the right stuff about Jesus and maybe even go to church most Sundays. Maybe they know a lot about the Bible, but they don't actually live out the teachings of Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's about making a mindset shift that affects your lifestyle. Now, the, the way we think is very, very important. And there's a lot written and said about a mindset, about, uh, about thinking and thinking about thinking, which sounds kind of weird. Some people believe that with your mind, you can actually manipulate the universe and draw things that's called the law of attraction. And lots of people who have done great things believe that. I don't believe that. They may be right. But that's how powerful some people think thinking is. Now, I would say through prayer, we can move the heart of God, and he'll change our world. And through thinking, we change our behavior, which shapes our reality. But regardless, thinking is 
a very important part of life, managing your mindset. So as an example, um, I'd like to take just a few minutes. So let's, you could do this with any realm of life. But let's talk about um, like wealth and poverty. Let's, let's talk about um, thinking because there's a lot written on mindsets that keep people broke. So I have a few uh, broke mindsets here. And again, this is not a sermon about worldly wealth and money. This is just to get us thinking about mindsets and changing mindsets. So here's some common, uh, experts say that these are common uh, mindsets that determine whether somebody's going to have wealth or be broke their whole life. The, the first is spending uh, more as your income increases. This is called lifestyle creep, and it's a mindset. And the idea is that uh, some people are just thinking, how much can I spend? And so you get a $300 raise, and you go get a $400 car payment. And now you're worse off than you were before, but you have that like, oh, I'm getting more money, I can spend more. That's a mindset that can change, and all of a sudden you live different and get different results. You are different because of the mindset. Another mindset is uh, you know, a lack of budgeting or poor budgeting. Like you don't have a budgeting mindset. You don't really measure what's going in and what's going out. You just kind of spend haphazardly for any given reason. But once you make that mindset shift and you start to manage intentionally what goes in with what goes out, it changes things. You make a mindset shift and then everything around you starts to take shape. Another one is, is a mindset of need versus want. Like some people are very intentional with their money about what they need versus what they want. Other people, they just need it all. And it's a mindset shift. You start to think about, okay, I really need to have this, so I'll spend on this. That's just a want, and I may or may not get that. But it's a mindset, and once you make that mindset shift, everything starts to change about your reality. Another one is acceptance. This is a very important um, lot written about the, the acceptance mindset in poverty especially. And that is that some people will accept their lot in life and say, this is just the way it is. It's the way it was for my parents. It's genetic. It's whatever. This just is what it is. And they accept it. Other people have a growth mindset that overcomes setbacks. They don't accept it. They try to do something about it. And if they don't, they'll still go down trying. Acceptance versus growth mindset. And then finally, there's an isolation mindset. And this is huge. Where some people, especially in a poverty mindset or a broke mindset, um, they will try to do everything on their own. Whereas other people have a mentoring collaboration mindset. They're going to work together. They're going to ask for help. They're going to find people who are where they want to get to and, and ask that person to pull them up to get where they want to be. So those are some mindsets. And it, again, it's, this isn't what the sermon is about. I just want you to think about the idea that there are certain kinds of mindsets and then you make a shift and it changes everything. And so when Jesus comes on the scene to um, announce what he calls the kingdom of God, what he's really announcing is there is a new way to look and think about the world. And we can say yes to Jesus, and we can develop daily habits, but there's a whole other level of treasure when we make the mindset change 
about how we see the world when we align our mindset with Jesus. So I'm going to read to you from the start of this sermon, Matthew, Jesus' sermon in Matthew 5. Now Matthew 5-7 through 7 is called the Sermon on the Mount, and with it, Jesus is going to give us his approach to life. So Matthew 5-7 through 7 tells you how to live like Jesus. That's the treasure. Let's, like, let's look at his intro here and think specifically about the mindset shift that he outlines. <laughs> Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're blessed when you're poor in spirit. When your spirit is broken down, you're actually blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. They'll actually gain in the world. The meek. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil against you falsely when they lie about you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are treasure for the world. Now what I want you to see here is, and scholars agree that both Roman culture and uh, the Jewish religious elite at the time all um, had a mindset that was pretty much opposite of what Jesus lays out there. So this was provocative. And Jesus says, you know what? You're blessed if you're the underdog. You're blessed when you're persecuted. You're blessed when people slander you. You're blessed when you're meek and won't fight for yourself. You're blessed when you forgive instead of hold a grudge and get even. What Jesus is doing here is he's inviting people to a whole different way to look at the world. And not very many people, including his followers today, are really willing to make the mindset change that causes them to approach life and live differently. They'll believe certain things. They're happy to pray a prayer of forgiveness to accept that Jesus died for their sins. But very few people will change the way they think about everything to align with Jesus and lay down the way they pursue earthly treasure in order to follow Jesus and find what he says is true wealth and by doing so actually become treasure for the people around us, salt and light. Now there is, I got a couple case studies here from Scripture that really outlines this mindset change, and it can happen immediately. 
And we're going to see the contrast between worldly treasure, because these were two very wealthy men, and kingdom treasure. And we're going to see what happens when we're forced to deal with why we're really after Jesus. Because there's this, there's this danger in suburbia, and I would call it spiritual resolution. There is danger in American suburbia as we seek to follow Jesus. Because for some of us, we have the things that we want to have in America, suburbia. We have some clout. We have some status. We have some wealth. We have some security. Now if we can just get our soul right, if we can know we're good spiritually, we can just relax and cruise. Let's take a look at this in Matthew chapter 19. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? So he's like, how can I earn, how can I know that, I'm, that my soul is good? <clears throat> Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who's good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? Like, What's the bare minimum I got to do to be good with you? Jesus replied, uh, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, I've done all this since I was a young man, he said. What do I still lack? Like, am, I, am, I, am I good? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions. Give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad. Because he had great wealth. Think about that for a minute. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Like, that's weird, isn't it? Normally, he had great wealth. He skipped away happy. He was rich. But here somehow his worldly wealth made him sad in contrast to what Jesus was calling him to. Now, um... When Jesus said, follow me also, get this marinating, follow me meant live the way I live. That's what that meant. So it's like, if you want to get it right, live the way I live. Now, let's talk about sell your possessions, because that's troubling. Jesus is like, if you want to follow me, go sell everything, give it to the poor, and then follow me. Different people struggle with different things. Different people struggle with different things, and that's really important to understand that and be thinking about that to properly interpret this encounter with Jesus. Different people struggle with different things. You know what amazes me? Watching thin people at a Super Bowl party. They'll come and they'll sit for the first half with a bottle of water. They got their Aquafina and they're watching the first half at the Super Bowl party. And then at halftime, they'll go get, they'll go to the food table, which, you know, there ain't no food like food at a Super Bowl party, right? That's the good stuff. And they'll get a plate, a plate, and they'll fill the plate and they'll go and they'll sit down and they'll slowly eat. 
through the whole third quarter, enjoying every bite, commenting on how great the different, asking for recipes, and then be done. One plate of food at a Super Bowl party. This is what the, now, now for me, I've had three full plates by kickoff. <laughs> by Tums, the half a vat of buffalo chicken dip that I've shoveled in is starting, like I'm popping Tums by halftime, both to deal with my current reality and because I hope to sleep at night. And I'm eating throughout and probably afterwards if it's at my house. Meanwhile, you could give me an unlimited credit card. Credit card with no limit, and I'm not going to be tempted to run it up. Just not my thing. Different people are tempted by different things. When we look at this story, Jesus doesn't call all of his followers to sell everything, give it to the poor in order to follow him. That wasn't a regular thing that he did. But this man was coming to him, claiming to want the Jesus kind of life. And Jesus knew what he was playing second fiddle to in this guy's life. He knew that he was second to wealth and security in this man's life. And he split that out. So that the man could immediately see, oh, I don't really want Jesus. I just want more security. I want my stuff and a little bit of Jesus so that I'm extra awesome. And this is huge if we want the, 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 the treasure that Jesus offers us. We have to be aware of what our deepest desires are. Jesus invites us to a whole new way to look at life and a whole new way to live. And we have to decide what's our real treasure and what are we putting between ourselves and Jesus. The danger of spiritual resolution, just looking for the ultimate spiritual experience of having worldly treasure and Jesus. And a willingness to say, nope, no matter what it takes, I want to follow Jesus. Now, contrast this with another rich guy in Luke 19. <clears throat> For homework, if you want extra credit, the story of the rich young ruler that we read in, in Matthew is actually in a few of the Gospels, one of which is in Luke 18. So you get the contrast of Luke 18 with Luke 19, and whenever you see that juxtaposition, like two stories that are similar with a different outcome, the author is trying to do something there, and so you see that between Luke 18 and Luke 19. Let's look at Luke 19, and this is a story of a man named Zacchaeus. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So, wealthy guy, wealthy guy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see him over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. 
When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Like this was a bad dude that Jesus was going to stay with. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So there's someone with wealth and notice that Jesus didn't have to ask him anything. He was ready to lay down the things that he knew kept him from Jesus. And I think in all of us, if we're honest, we know deep down the things that compete with God in our life. And if we really want the treasure of Jesus, we'll lay those things down. And notice that one man left sad because he chose his earthly treasure. And the other man sensed the joy in Zacchaeus when he laid that down to sacrifice those things and become treasure for others as he gave and blessed. And then he himself was filled with joy because he knew treasure with Jesus. So we're going to take communion now. And over the centuries, communion, and it started in the scriptures, communion uh, has been a time of reflection. The Apostle Paul said that we should examine ourselves during communion. And... Um, I'd like for you to take this time, and, and so let me just real quick so I don't leave anybody uh, in the dust, so to speak. Um, uh, communion is, is symbolic of the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to take bread and remember my body that I'm sacrificing on the cross for you, and my blood that I'm shedding for your forgiveness of sins, and then the promise of forgiveness. And so Jesus said, I want you to reflect on how far I went to save you. And then we can also reflect on how far we're willing to go to live the Jesus lifestyle. And so let this be that time of reflection. And I want you to think as you remember, and it's, communion is open to anybody. Um, if you want to, let me further explain. You just take, the trays will be passed and drink the juice and that represents Jesus' blood. You eat the bread that's in the cup underneath and that represents um, Jesus' body. And then you return the empty cups in the row in front of you. There's a little slot that's in the picture behind me. Um, what I would like for you to do is to first reflect on the gift that Jesus gave you. But then I want you to ask yourself, what am I after? Am I looking for spiritual resolution, just more benefit in my life? Or am I all in seeking the treasure that is friendship with Jesus.
What's the mindset? Are you just looking for more treasure for you? Or are you willing to abandon whatever stands between you and Jesus, seeking treasure that only he can bring? are the poor for this is the kingdom and blessed are those who mourn for you're right there beside them and blessed are the meek the earth is theirs and blessed are those who seek for you will find them here You'll find them here. Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling warm? Well, hallelujah, his table set with the meek and the poor. Are you feeling weary? You want to be restored? Well, just keep on pressing through. Cause Jesus blesses those who follow you. Blessed are the kind, for kindness they'll be shown. Blessed are the pure in heart. By you they'll be known And blessed are the peaceful For you call them your child And blessed are the hard-pressed Cause like diamonds they will shine They will shine Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling warm? Hallelujah, his table set with the meek and the poor. Are you feeling weary? You want to be restored? Well, just keep on pressing through. Because Jesus blesses those who follow down the things that separate us from Jesus and adopt his lifestyle when we study his words and actually live them out. We experience true tre treasure of walking with Jesus. That's where the good stuff is at. 
actually following Jesus. And then, like Jesus said in the Beatitudes, we become salt and light. We bless the world around us. We, we add treasure to the world. We add value to the people around us. And so what I'd like for you to think, just kind of summing up real quick here, uh, if you, if you study the teachings of Jesus, I remember last week we talked about 15 minutes a day in the Gospels, five days a week. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 15 minutes a day, five days a week. You become an expert in Jesus real quick. But Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are the essence of his teaching. And when you look at his teachings, they basically invite us to, to three different mindset shifts to make. So let me real quick just walk you through. The first one is this. From seeking approval... Uh, to blessing others. So instead of, instead of seeking approval, trying to get stuff from people, trying to get approval from, pe- from people, you change your mindset and seek to bless others. I'm going to use my words, I'm going to use my actions to give approval and encouragement rather than to get, to be seen in the eyes like, that's a big treasure mindset shift that we can make. And the second is this, from achieving to serving. When we make the switch from achieving to serving, instead of trying to do things to achieve for ourselves, we instead give our energy to serve others. And I said in the first service, I'll just acknowledge it, that Jesus meant it so much that he said it two times in a row without a period between servant and the. I was reading that when I realized that no matter how hard I try, I missed another typo. Okay, next. Um, I just need to get better at letting things like that go when I don't, and it really ruins the flow of the sermon when I stop and I talk about things that I did wrong up there. From buying to giving is the third one. From buying to giving. And this is a big one for worldly treasure. Instead of resource, 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 more, 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 Amazon, click, 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 click. Buying, buying, buying. We're using our resources to give and to bless. When you can make those three changes, and we're all going to be different. Which one's the hardest for us to make? But that's the good stuff. That's the switch that Jesus invites us to make. Instead of living for ourselves, we're living for others and to bless the world. And so in addition to believing the right stuff and inviting Jesus' friendship, and in addition to developing spiritual habits, you're actually changing to a treasure mindset. And Jesus outlines what that mindset is. And when we do that, we will have the treasure a friendship with Jesus, and we will be treasure for the world around us if we choose to live differently. So think about that during this last song, and I hope you will commit to being more than just believing the right stuff, more than just spiritual resolution. You're going to go for the good stuff that Jesus offers and develop that treasure mindset.